Motown Philly's back again. Doing a little East Coast swing. Boys to men going out. Not too hard, not too soft. Back in school, we used to dream about this every day. Could it really happen? Or do dreams just fade away? Stop, 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 stop. God, guys, damn it. Yo, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Philadelphia Sports Complex. I am once again joined by Steven Seibel. Hello, how's everybody doing? Steve, thanks for coming down here again. My pleasure. So, um, yeah, so we took a little bit of a week off, um, but we're back and going to be doing this more regularly, hopefully, if our schedules allow it. Um, and even though there's only one sports team playing sort of right now, um, there's still plenty for us to talk about. So let's get the fuck into it. Yeah, let's do this. All right, so first up, Steve, uh, let's start with the um, the only team playing sports in Philadelphia right now, um, the Phillies. And with the most ridiculous thing that we should ever have to talk about, yeah, a fucking COVID outbreak happens right before the All-Star break. And what the fuck? I don't even know what to say about this. This is absolutely – it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, uh, super confused. Uh, you know, usually when you're talking about, like, salaries and, and when people get paid, you know, the people who are, like, you know, using their brains and, and creating and – and they get to make the millions of dollars. And now we have a bunch of morons who, you know, make bajillions of dollars who, you know, think that COVID's fake or something. I mean, I don't understand. I don't, yeah, I don't know what they think. So I want to read the, the quotes from Brandon Kinsler because I think this is the thing that made me the most furious when all this was happening. So actually before that, like, I do want to say that as of right now, so the, the outbreak really – as far as it matters, is is Alec Baum and Aaron Nola. Okay. Alec Baum is the only one that's actually tested positive. Nola is in the protocol because of contact tracing. Got it. So he hasn't tested positive. So there's a chance that he has less hurdles ahead of him. I don't know all the rules. But Baum's going to have to miss at least 10 days. And he's really fucking lucky that, um, one, he's been struggling. They both have. So it's not going to be a huge... It's easy to skip a. It's easy to skip a start in a rotation yeah. um, over an All Star break, even though I think they have a doubleheader on Friday. But still, it's it's easier to make that up. But it's but Bomb's got at least ten days, which is ridiculous, and he's lucky he's struggling, and that Reynaldo or Reynaldo Torres, I forget how to say his first name, is playing great and can literally play every infield position, and that's the only reason that this isn't even more frustrating, like. It's honestly fine that Torres is in the lineup. I'm not that angry. Yeah, no, I I, th I think that Torres, you know, does a great job as like a utility guy for us. Yeah, um, I'm, you know, obviously I'm disappointed that this is even a thing because yeah. there, there's not like if we look at the league in general and all the leagues in general, the COVID. Yeah, tests positive tests have been at a minimum. It's been like they have. Yeah, so like to see. You know, our team not taking care of themselves, however that may be. You know, Bomb's a young guy. You know, he's rich for the first time. I'm sure that that leads to whatever that leads to, you know, during his free time. But it's, you know, it's a real detriment. You're not going to be rich for long if you can't play. So Yeah, and, and, you know, I haven't heard him say anything, but 
Brandon Kinsler did. So let me get into his comments because this, like I said, this is what really set me off. Um, he said he was quoted as saying, "I think it was kind of like really after the vaccine, my body just shut down. I was fucked up for a while. I don't know. It knocks you out really badly, or it knocks you out really bad that night. And then we had a game. I had pitched two innings, and my body was just. I think everybody should recover for a week from that thing. Archie." Bradley strained his oblique after it. Matt Joyce had back problems. There's got to be some science behind it. Okay, yeah, you know what the fucking science is? You're the three oldest players on the roster, and you got hurt. Like, yeah. that's the science, dude. Come on. Like, like, everybody's entitled to believe what they want to believe, and this is not a political podcast at all. But, like, he's he's probably saying this shit to other members of the team. I think Didi Gregorius claimed that his elbow problems were, were based on it, too. Like... I don't even know what to say to these guys. Vaccines have side effects. Of course they do. Sure. If you're not feeling great after you get it, tell the team doctors and sit out. Like, you can – nobody cares if you get the vaccine. If you wanted to wait till the last minute, get the vaccine at the start yeah. of the season and then because of, you know, whatever you believe in and then you are f- feeling side effects, whatever. Nobody's going to be mad at you if you're on the IL in the beginning of the season totally. because you're suffering from side effects. Like, that's that's what people expect. It's happened to other teams. Other other teams have had these other things. Nobody, no other team is one. I think the Phillies are the only team under eighty five percent vaccinated for their players, which wow. is shitty. Um, and two, you there have like you said, there haven't been this many outbreaks so far this season. Yeah. So the fact that it's they're the least vaccinated team, and now midway through the season, they seem to be the only one dealing with it. And blaming the vaccine for injuries is just makes it just compounds the issue for me, and just just is frustrating the hell out of me. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, I haven't played an organized sport probably in like 15, 20 years. Um, I'm extremely overweight, and uh, I'm only about six foot tall, and uh, I had no problem with the vaccine. So if you're going to tell me a professional athlete uh, who probably is in peak physical condition, at least uh, baseball players are kind of hit or miss with that, but. Um, all those guys are fairly in shape. Yeah, fair, yeah. fairly. Well, probably in shape. all Archie Bradley's pretty enough rest, to so. th- like for Archie enough to throw you know a ninety six mile an hour fastball regularly for two innings if he needs to. Um, you know, I just I don't know that that kind of to me sounds like you're uh, trying to place blame on something that you don't know enough about. Uh, I, I truly believe that the vaccine has been helpful. It's been. Uh, I think the actual percentage is 95 or 90% of the people between 90 and 95% of the people who have passed away since the vaccine came out have been unvaccinated people. So, you know, this vaccine is saving lives. I don't care what anybody says, you know, whatever political side you're on is whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, we want our families to be happy and healthy and and alive. Um, So get the vaccine, stop doing the stupid run around. Yeah. I don't care if you pull your hamstring and you have the vaccine, you're not dead. <laughs> right. And like, yeah, like, like you said, it's not, it's not about a political issue. It's just about these guys are traveling from city to city, going to stadiums that are now full of people. I, I get, they're outside. I get that, but you're still coming in contact with press and coaches and oh, yeah. players on other teams. If you get on first base, you were right next to somebody. So like it's, it's really hard to say that, that that you're not at risk as as an athlete. You're at more risk. You're traveling more. You're doing more things than most people. So it's just it's mind boggling to me. But before we before we get too 
angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's let's flip it around a little bit. Um, it's not even anger. I just feel like it's frustrating. It, it's frustrating, and it just seems stupid. Yes. Like it's stupid what they're what's happening to them, and it could have been totally avoided. And I would really love to hear like like I don't care about any of their injuries. I would like to hear why like why isn't bomb vaccinated? Like I want to know from the guy. Like why are if like I don't think you're gonna want to hear that. I, I I but I do because like to be fair, you know, it matters. You know, if he can't play, then he's no good to us. You know, as <laughs> well, you shit, know. man, he wasn't very well, very much fair. good to us at the beginning but of the season was, when he was but, playing. Like, let's let's be real. There's high there's high hopes. Like yes, second season, sophomore season is all almost always worse than the first season for most of these guys. Sure. So, I th- but I think we all still have general high hopes for him as a player. Um, and it, it would be really disappointing if uh, if this kind of derailed him completely. Uh, yeah. It, it's a shame, too, because, like, we're diehard Phillies fans. Sure. And I saw some somebody tweeted out the other day, and he was like, <laughs> the um, fans – Wow, Phillies, uh, you really had a bunch of like anti-vaxxers, uh, uh, accused wife beater or abuser, and you're doing all this just just for wins. And then the Phillies responded with, "For what? This team as a whole is just like frustrating and stupid. Like that's that's the motto of this team t- for 2021. The frustrating and stupid. Frustrating and stupid. So let's frustrating <laughs> let's with the pH. Let's <laughs> yeah. Somebody will make that shirt for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. All right, so let's turn it around a little bit and 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 talk about some positives for this team totally, because yeah. um, it's not over. It's around it's halfway. Definitely not over. So uh, first thing, um, just quickly, uh, J two Real Muto hits his first hits the first All Star game home run for a Phillies player in over forty years. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, shout out to uh, the best catcher in baseball. Yeah, uh, I mean maybe maybe not as much this year, but he's been you know still really good for us. Uh, surprise signing, Dave. I know that you were you were. Uh, totally wanted him to be signed, but you did not think it was going to happen. I uh, gave it like a, a 1% yeah, chance. Yeah, and, and to be fair, the optics of the whole thing were absolutely wild during the offseason. Yeah. Uh, you know, it... Well, it was wild because, like, all last season was like, the Mets are going get, to get a new owner, and it's going to be yeah. this bil- billionaire, Steve Cohen. And sure enough, he, he becomes the owner, and he's now the richest owner in professional sports, I believe. I think he's like... His net worth's like $15 billion or something nice, crazy. Nice, nice, yeah. So he's, right. he's got... You know, endless amounts of money to spend on his team, and he he grew up a diehard Mets fan, so it it just made sense that this guy was going to come in and just break the bank and and try to you know, and and they're a good team, and and they had a hole at catcher, and it made sense that they were going to go after him. And I was, are they a good team though? Yeah, I, think I mean they're they've a good got team. they've, they've got arguably team. the best pitcher in baseball. It's not up for debate. He's the best That's pitcher fair. in baseball. But I mean, they made a lot of offseason signings that haven't panned out. Is yeah, Lindor? Good as Lindor. Lindor struggled. Carrasco hasn't pitched yeah. yet. Um, they, they're, but they're still in first place. So yeah, they're still they're in first good place. Enough to be there, and they've had a ton of injuries. That's true. So, I think that I think though that you know, regardless of of that, this this division is either really really tough, or or it's, it's not. Not. It's not anymore. It yeah. should have been, but now. The Braves lost Acuna for the year, and they lost Ozuna yeah. before that for his uh, abuse. And the Marlins took a huge step back. Um, the Nationals are hanging around, but Schwarber was the big reason for that. Now he's hurt yeah. and might be out for a long time. So 
What did he have? It, Seventeen home runs last month. Yeah, and it felt like all of them came in one week. Yeah. Um, it was it was like him and Shohei Otani hitting a home run every minute, but like, and Vlad Guerrero. But like, yeah. So it's it's it feels like it should be the Phillies in the mess, and the Phillies are. What do I what do I have? Forty four and forty four and three and a half games out of first place, and luckily for them, they have the. I think the easiest strength of schedule for the second half. Oh yeah, we could totally t- see the Phillies in the postseason this year, um, which would be wild considering I don't think they're very good. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, at least, at least they're still fighting. Like they, you know, they're not, you know, regardless of anything that's happened, they're still, you know, out there. They're they're the kings of two good games, one like. How did this happen? How did this happen? Yeah. You're the worst team in the league, uh, you know. I thought for a minute maybe the bullpen, uh, which we talked a lot about in the last episode, mm-hmm. uh, was kind of like turning a corner, and then you know you let up like six runs in the in the eighth inning or whatever. They're it's, still it's, they're still not good, yeah, and they're not it's, going. It's the the guys that are in there. I don't think are going to be able to fix themselves. Though I will say, like was it Ranger Suarez who pitched on Sunday? Sunday was 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 an impressive win against the Red Sox to win that series. When yeah, Nola gets pulled last second because of the contact tracing issue. And then they basically have a bullpen game. And I think Ranger Suarez got like a 10-out save with a one-run lead. Got, that was impressive. So, yeah. And so the, it's cool. It, you know, the, these guys are all capable of pitching yes. well. They just never string it together. And at the beginning of the game, wasn't it uh, – I forget who pitched, but it was only one inning? I think it was the aforementioned Brandon Kinsler. Yeah. One inning pitched. Uh, it just the whole game was super weird. Uh, I I found it very like you know insane that we were able to take two or three from one of the best teams in the in the league right now. Um, yeah, they're they're a very good team. Yeah, so uh, you know it's there's positive, there's negative. I I feel like that's the you know the running storyline. We don't know what to think about this team. They right. can put up twenty runs a game, or they put up you know zero be- behind like a historic. You know, Zach uh, Wheeler, fifteen strikeout. Yeah, it's yeah. it's all over the place. So it's nuts. I think we'll see what they are in this fi- in this like you know second half because you're right the the schedule is so easy um, that you know if they're not winning like seventy five percent of their games then they're just not. Well, and let's hope they aren't um, all sick. Yeah, and can't make up ground because everybody's on the IL. So get the vaccine. That's, kids. that's what's really f- even more frustrating about yeah. it. like. They're so lucky that they at least bought themselves like almost a full week of All Star break. But but yeah, I was I was really excited to see JT hit the home run. Um, yeah, that was cool. And he was cool. He found a kid in the stands with his jersey and actually gave him the bat he hit the home run with. Oh, I didn't see that. So That's awesome. yeah, that was super cool as well. Always a nice kid. guy. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. I mean, he's he's great. Um, so yeah. So um, we were kind of like, so we're maybe two and a half weeks away from the trade deadline right yep. now. So this is this is a really important this is the most important stretch because I don't want to see the Phillies be sellers at the trade deadline but I also don't want them to be buyers if there's no reason to be. Yeah. So the next two and a half weeks they really need to figure something out. Um so one of the things that that could be of some value, I don't know how much, but there's a, there's rumors of the Phillies going to a Cole Hamels uh pitching session in Texas. To see if there's a reunion in store. I, I mean, look, it could, it, it, if he's good enough, like 
Fuck yeah. I mean, of course. Cole Hamels is a Phillies legend. You know, he'll hmm. probably retire a Philly. Um, you know, Has he, to. he won his World Series here. He was the, was he the World Series MVP that year? Yes, he was. Yeah, he was the World Series MVP. Um, you know, he's, Dude, he, he belongs here. The way that he left here was kind of weak, you know, and, and I don't think, he's got some unfinished business. It would be really nice to see him play his last game in a Phillies uniform. I mean, his last start as a Philly was a no-hitter, and so... He, that's, yeah, that's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, which is like wild, and also it's like you know Vince Velasquez. Like we can use Cole Hamels. Yeah, <laughs> Vince Velasquez has been bad. Yeah, I mean Eflin's been good. Velasquez has had good games, but he's, he's had good games. He's not somebody that we've been able to trust. Yeah, with. so I think it's you know if 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 Cole is showing something, I think it'd behoove the Phillies to jump on that just to at least like get some interest back in the team you know yeah. at the very least people would go to the games to see Cole pitch absolutely um, and and the other team that's going to scout him is the Mets so yeah well, you don't we, want we don't want that you don't want that happening either no. though so that'd be a nightmare I mean maybe he'd be comfortable in the bullpen I, I don't know that could be a great or he could be your fourth starter right now if he's I mean his last season I think with the Cubs his last full season he, he pitched pretty well yeah um so, it's possible we still got something left after the yeah, injury. We'll see. I, yeah, um, you know I'm excited to see what what he has left, and if 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 it works out, I would love to have Cole back. Same. Um, I you know all time great, all time great. Uh, I think that it, at the very least it would be exciting for the fans, and yeah, to be honest, what you know we don't have much to be excited about, so it'd be nice. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, like I said a minute ago, we are like two and a half weeks away. If, it, like, say say the records hold, the Phillies are three and a half games out, and the sure, team is yeah. buyers. What what's your first position you're you're targeting for wow. them? Um, gosh, so I think provided I th- there's no more injuries. Provided there's no more injuries, I mean, I guess it depends on who's available, obviously. Um, but I think outfield is something that we need to address a little bit. Uh, our powers kind of come back a little bit. It's getting hot out. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, they've been scoring some runs. Obviously, you know, uh, fourth and fifth pitchers, I think we really need. Uh, no, Nolas had like such a weird year where he's been hot and cold. Wheeler's been pretty good this year. Eflin has been a surprise, I would say. Absolutely. So, like, I don't know that we need, like, a top end of the rotation guy, uh, and I don't know that we have the prospects to get a top end of the rotation guy. And, it'd be, yeah, I think it would be foolish to go after something Yeah, like I mean, I would love if they could figure out something with the bull. I would say outfield and bullpen would be my tops. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if, if we can get something of note for Reese Hoskins, if there's an AL team that, like, really, really wants Reese to come back for them, like, I'd be comfortable, like, letting him go and, you know, Get maybe getting another first baseman, or I just you know I'm. It's tale as old as time with some of these guys. You know, Reese was really really good for his you know rookie season, and he came in and he just blew the door like the the cover off that ball, um, and it's just kind of been the same bullshit. He he hits decently. His he has fielding's been recently. awful. Yeah. Like all, the, all of them. Yeah, all of the fielding's awful. Yeah. I mean, I guess Segura is probably the best. Uh, of all of them and that and like but that's not saying much you know nah, what i mean i don't think so i mean i don't but i don't know who like th- uh, they're all the only good defender on the whole yeah, team yeah yeah well even so, even Bryce misplays balls all the time yeah so it's like it's what it is and uh, i would say outfield probably um 
but that's I, they need a little bit of everything. They kind of do. <laughs> um, yeah, I just if there's like if if somehow some way like the Yankees keep falling and put tra- Chad Green on the market, I, that you could grab him right now and put him in as the Phillies closer. Yeah, and I think that they would be in a much better situation. Sure, they just need somebody. They need to stop the revolving door closer. Like I, you know, it just just let everybody else fill in around a closer. I think, sure, like yeah. I said last time, like they went for for quantity over quality, and they probably should have signed Liam Hendricks in the off season and just had the one guy they they could rely on. Um, they, I, I, I would love to see a reliable, yeah, ninth inning pitcher for this team, and just let everybody else. Let let Girardi figure out where everybody else can fit in around that. Yeah, I mean, like you know, even even if they don't do anything here, you you have to believe that um, the off season is going to be uh, pretty wild for them. Yeah, I it'll be interesting. Ima- I can't imagine that they keep most of the the guys who like. Uh, There's some guys on this team that if they're here next year, then I don't know how we can continue <laughs> as a fan base to, well, to watch this. Well, I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to dig into that in the yeah. offseason, depending on how frustrating we all are. But hopefully hopefully, they take advantage of how easy the schedule is and um, and are able to you know close the gap even further and take, yeah. take first place from, from the Mets because they're in a good spot now with the Braves' be- best player being hurt. Um, so it, it it really should be a two team race, but sure, yeah, and uh, you and, know and that's a that's a great that's a, the best opportunity that they would have had in a long time in this division. And look, maybe they surprise us. Maybe some stuff starts to fall into place. Maybe the guys, you know, start to uh, in the bullpen start to like really like hit a stride. Um, I thought that they played. They've had stretches over the last couple weeks where they've played well, um, and then there will be like one or two games where it'll be rough, but. You know, we'll see. Yeah, we will. All right. Well, um, I think that's enough hate slash hope for the Phillies. It's a. I think we gave them a little bit of hope this time. Yeah, we did. Yeah, a little bit more than usual. (laughs) I mean, look, look, their destiny is in their own hands. Yeah, it really is right now. They are not. um, They're as a team, injury wise, they're not decimated. No, like like the Mets are, or that the Braves. I mean, the Braves lost like two of their two of their top four players. You know, so like. We're in a position now where they have a shot to, you know, get to the playoffs. And then once the playoffs hit, anything can happen. Anybody can get hot. You know, we could see the Phillies in the World Series this year. Who knows? Do do I think that? No. But, like, (laughs) anything after making the playoffs would be, (laughs) like, a cherry on top. It's not, you know, I'm not expecting them to win it all this year. I just want to see them play playoff baseball. It's been so long. I just want some play. I just want to be excited about baseball. I haven't cared about, like, really cared about a baseball game in a long time. And when hopefully August and September bring that for us, uh, I hope so. There's a there's a chance it could. Um, not banking on it, but I really, I'm hoping. All right, so let's move on a little bit. Um, let's let's take a quick um, turn to the Eagles and talk about them briefly. So the big news this week is former player Michael Robinson. Um, comes out with this, uh, I guess it was on, um, on a radio show he was on, um, it was, yeah, it was on WIP with Andrew Porter. He, he has a quote that I'm going to read to you here. It says, wait, before you go on, yeah, this is Michael Robinson, former Penn state quarterback, correct. Uh, who f- was a running back in the NFL, correct. Who 
barely played anything. He was a fullback, so he didn't... Yeah, whatever. You know, it's I a gritty position. You don't always get the credit for that one. Yeah, well... But he did play. I mean, but not, yeah, Yeah, sure. he's... You know, there's fuck, not really... Fuck Michael Robinson. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Though that's fair. Yeah, I'll give you that. So, um, so yeah, it, it is that Michael Robinson... Okay. Um, ...who's been in the media for a bit now. Um, so he says about Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni, I'm not going to say any names, but I know some guys in that locker room who they question this guy, and they question he can truly lead this team. And me personally, my personal thoughts on it is that maybe general manager Howie Roseman wanted to put somebody, a yes man, in the head coaching position because Doug Peterson didn't want to do all the things his way. So he wanted to get a yes man in there, and that's what it looks like to me. Um, what? Like, okay. Like, you, sure, maybe somebody in the locker room does feel that way. And if based on some of the patterns of things that have happened around the Eagles for the last few years, you can certainly say that Doug Peterson wasn't just like playing ball and doing everything that Roseman told him to. And that's probably the reason why he, at the beginning of last year, there was reports that he didn't even want to coach the team anymore. But like this comes after like maybe not even a week after Lane Johnson was quoted as saying that he's taken control and command of the team and holds everybody accountable. How the fuck does, does like Lane Johnson? This didn't need to say that. He's the longest ten. No, not the longest tenure. He's one of the longest tenured well, Eagles yeah. now. He didn't have to come out and say anything about the coach, and he did. And then a week later, Michael Robinson claims that he's not. He's not what Lane Johnson claims. So Lane Johnson immediately replies on Twitter and says, "Say the names, then. Enough with the BS hiding," which he should do. I don't. Why do the Eagles always have to be in the middle of all this fucking bullshit? You know what? Uh, here's the thing. Uh, I I was really annoyed when I saw this article um, for multiple reasons. One, I think that Michael Robinson, um, you know, as a journalist, to be fair, I don't even know where he works. Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know I don't who remember. he works for. He's not on TV with the analysts. He's not generally on. Uh, Ninety-four-one or ninety-seven-five. No, I don't think he's like a regular anywhere. No, he may, he may so, be on TV, but I, so to, I, I try like, to avoid that. And to be fair, it's like I don't. I just I generally find what he says to be bullshit. Um, he uh, apparently wrote an article in January, or was a part of an article in January too, that had something to say about the Nick Sirianni hiring, um, or whenever Nick Sirianni was hired. I forget the exact date, but uh, he uh, kind of talked shit on him then too. Um, and, and look, if, if Eagles players are sitting there and telling Michael Robinson their secrets, then we've got a big fucking problem. Right. Because this isn't like Sal Palantonio where, you know, he's respected. Anderson who seems to always get this information. Respected journalists who, you know, are, you know, Sal Palantonio has been a part of like the Eagles lore for, for years. And it, this, this to me is just a guy who saw the f- the uh, the first press conference with Sirianni and thinks Sirianni's a dope. Now Sirianni came off like a dope. He comes off as like a blubbering weirdo um, during his press conferences. But you know what? I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter. Public speaking's not for everybody. It, it it shouldn't matter. And some some guys are great at it and terrible coaches, and some are the opposite. Like. Nobody, nobody's praising Bill Belichick for his uh, post-game or pre-game interviews or his interaction with the no, media. No, he's lauded for it. People, 
people respect him because of the way he you know treats that stuff and also and, and it's different though granted yeah like he, he treats it like he it's a chore he's and Sirianni's just like ball, so i don't know like is. he's just you're right he like stumbled a little bit it's his first time as a head coach his first time probably being grilled like that like it happens yeah it, it doesn't mean that he's going to be a great coach but if but like why, why Why? are people already coming out and saying this shit? Well, I think it says something that Lane Johnson felt compelled enough to quickly turn, yeah, turn that rumor upside down. And say, and say, to be fair, like what we all want to know is like, we're tired of the anonymous source. It happened right. with Carson. It happened with everybody thought it was Alshon. Neither of them are here anymore, so it doesn't matter about that. Could have been Malcolm Jenkins, too. Could have been Malcolm Jenkins, even though I don't know that I feel like that that's Malcolm Jenkins' style. Uh, I mean, I don't know any of them personally, so I no, can't No, I don't really know any of them yeah. personally, but uh, I've just always kind of gotten like the, the leader respect vibe from Malcolm Jenkins, and I think that if Agreed. Malcolm wanted to say something, he would just say it. Uh, I would agree with that. Alshon Jeffrey, I don't know because... He didn't say much during his tenure with the Eagles, to be honest. No, he's um, a quiet guy. Yeah, quiet guy. Uh, but I think that it's – I think Lane's right. If if you're going to – there's like – yes, there's journalistic integrity and in protecting your sources and all these things. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can literally say that with no fear of any repercussion. And it could be totally untrue. Like yeah. no – and it just like say the names – if people are talking shit, then then the Eagles players who are like steadfast leaders don't want those players on their team. Yeah, anymore. if I was Lane Johnson and I was a leader on this team, I would want to know who was saying that. Oh too. yeah, no, yeah. I think I I wouldn't I'd, be. Su- I'd, I'd be finding Michael Robinson's number right now and being like, dude, who the fuck was it? Yeah, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if Lane Johnson goes in there in their first you know training camp or whatever they're doing this year, um, and it's a team meeting and they're like, yo, if you, if you, if you're talking shit and we hear any more of this, we're going to, we're going to weed people like you out because this can't be the same. We we, can't keep going down this road. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know why or how it's always the Eagles where this happens. It was like you said, it was the same shit with Carson and the Josina Anderson, you know, leaks that, that somebody didn't think that, uh, that he, that he was favoring Zach Ertz or whatever it was. Like it's just, it's nonstop with this team. Like people, like we're not that interesting. I promise you. I mean, we are. We love them, but like nationally, why does this shit keep happening? I don't understand. Yeah, it doesn't really make much sense. I think the only like, thing that I could say though is that this—it's clearly that people still have feelings. Like we, yes, Carson's gone, Doug is gone, but there is a, a plenty of players on that team that were a part of that team during, you know, the last couple of years. So I think that there's probably players who are still like not happy about how like things ended or why they ended or the the route that the Eagles were going or the fact that they sucked the last couple of years or the fact that, you know, Carson Wentz isn't there anymore. And then there's some people who are like very happy Carson's gone. So it's like it's a whole mishmash of bullshit. And and now we just have to sift through it. Yeah. I was kind of looking forward to a year off of the bullshit, but it looks like that's not happening. <laughs> well, if, if this, if this, if Michael Robinson running his mouth, that fucking loser nobody, uh, then if that's the worst it gets, then whatever. It's... Well, it's not. So this isn't. I won't say it's the worst it gets, but it's certainly. This Eagles are going to be a topic of discussion all season because they're they're they are typically a team that gets a lot of nationally televised games and for good reason because sure. we have a very passionate fan base here i imagine 
there's a lot of people around the country that uh, have the exact opposite feeling about our team as we do. Um, but despite what happens this year, there's already reports from Adam Schefter coming oh, out yeah. that the Eagles, and he's he's right, and he's he's not. He didn't say that the Eagles are going to do this, but he said that the Eagles are the most well-equipped team to go after Deshaun Watson. I mean, he is, did the Adam Schefter thing yeah. of like saying, "Oh, this isn't a foregone conclusion, but this is who I'm picking." Well, he also like it's the most obvious connect the dots thing you could ever do. The Eagles have a fuck ton of draft picks. They will have cap space next year. They'll have a lot of guys that are potentially not going to be on the team anymore, either for contractual reasons or their age or whatever. Dead money comes off, I think. Yes. And they have potentially three first round draft picks next year. So they absolutely are in a good position to do a lot of different things, but we're already like, this is a sports podcast. I'm not going to get into anything about Deshaun Watson's alleged abuse and the things that he was doing, but the fact that we're all, that we're being linked to something like that already is frustrating. And I don't think the Eagles, based on the, how Jeffrey Lurie's operated this organization the entire time he's here, will sell his soul for something like that. Mm. Um, that's just a hunch. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, it's, it's just it. It's it's a it's so frustrating. We we just I just want to see Jalen Hurts play football with a coach and I know. just and see if either of them are any good. <laughs> Can't we just do that? Can't we do that and stop speculating and talking shit on everything else? Can't that's just let's yeah. Just, look, it's, come on, it's impossible. Come on, let us have it. Like Adam Schefter is a le- like legitimate, just like speculation machine. Well, he like, has to be because that's that's, what he does. that's yeah. how they create stories on ESPN. Exactly. So Adam Schefter comes on a radio station in Philly makes this claim, then for the next four days they get to talk about it on SportsCenter. Yeah, and, and you Because know, of how crazy it is. I'll, I'll say, so here's my thoughts on that. And obviously, everybody knows what hap- is happening with Watson. Uh, I, to be fair, I haven't heard much in a while about anything. Look, I am not judge or juror in that situation that has nothing to do with me. I obviously respect the people who came out and said what they said about him. Um, and... But I also like, you know, I'm a due process guy. You like, you got to kind of figure these things out. Uh, I do not see in a world, even though he's so talented at the position, and that if he was our quarterback, I'd be very happy uh, based on his skill set. Like, that would be an amazing luck of the draw to get a player of his caliber at his age. Um, And it would really lessen the hurt of losing out on Carson Wentz in what we thought he was going to be. Um, But I just don't see how you can safely navigate his situation and feel like you're coming out on top spending probably all three of those first-round picks. Now, albeit, that's one draft. So, like, we would be fine going into the next season having a first-round pick. We wouldn't mortgage our future this is just like one of the situations where we have everything we would need to give them. Um, and to be honest, like how, I don't know what Houston would even want at this point. Like what could they honestly get for a guy who could possibly be suspended? I guess, I guess the the trade wouldn't happen until we knew what was going to happen with that. But like, what do you, what's the value now? I mean, it's, it's, it's impossible to know. If you base it on skills, yeah, give him four first-round draft picks. Fine. But if you base it on, like, where we are right now, he could never 
play football again. Like, that could legitimately happen. What he did, or what he's being said that he did, is akin to, like, you know, it's not the same thing, but, like, Ray Rice never played football again. And that was with one person. Now, what he did was really bad, and there was video footage of it. But if we're talking, like, 26 people, like, I don't see how he plays football again, if any of this is true. Yeah. But then again, Ray Lewis killed somebody, so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I... It's it, it's just I don't even know what to say anymore. Like it's we got to see what happens because we don't even know what you know. I'm with you. I'm you know in how I look at this. I don't, I don't have like a I I want to see I want to hear <laughs> these girls out because there's a lot of people that yeah. like this is a lot of people coming out and saying that this happened. Like that's that needs to be heard and that needs to be played out. And we need to we need to get this all done. But before anybody makes any decisions. What if it settles out of court? What if it's uh, not What if it's not But that's like a legitimate question, right? Like if if he settles out of court for however much and say, you know, they find out that this is a hypothetical that, you of know, course. 90% of the women who came forward were weren't telling the truth. Not now do I believe that? No, because why would these women want to subject themselves to this type of like, you know, media attention? Like this is not like uh, a nobody. This is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and you know these women are yeah. coming out and like so. I don't believe that that's going to happen. But if he does somehow escape the law of any kind, like jail time or anything like that, and gets a dinger for a season from the NFL, because the NFL is known to be very lax on you know issues of this of this type. They do take their time. Yeah. He'll be back. He's not going to play for Houston. Is that something, is this a Michael Vick situation? I don't think so. I don't think so because, uh, um, I, and I'm asking, I'm not saying that I think that. Yeah. I don't think so because Vick went to jail. He served time and then came back like reformed and a changed person. Yeah. Like he, he probably, um, you know, had a meeting with the Eagles in, in which he, you know, presented his case to them and, and they felt that it was a good idea to take a chance on him. And to his credit, he has been nothing but a stand-up person and a, a totally a completely changed person in, in ever since. So I, I don't think this is like a – I don't think there's two of these situations. I, yeah. For, for, for any situation in the NFL, like, I just don't – or, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like – like I said before, I just don't see Jeffrey Lurie making a move for somebody that that even has been accused of something. So yeah, that's that, kind of the next point. Is like, that I if, just don't I don't see it. I don't see him looking at it and saying this is worth us potentially damaging our reputation not only with like around the league but with our own fans. I yeah, just don't I don't yeah. see him taking that chance. Yeah, and and, and like it, you reverse the point and say, what if? Uh, he gets he gets off Scott and Clear. They find out none of this is true, um, and he's you know back to playing football. You know, and and he's been like he's been cleared by the law, right, in everything. And you know, like once again, not saying that that's what's happening or that's what I believe. I'm saying strictly hypothetical. Like, is is there any point where if you're the owner of any sports team, you want that type of baggage? I mean, he's. He's kind of screwed either way, you know, as a player, even though 
he should be screwed one way, and the other way, it's like you can't ju- you can't have that on your team. Yeah, I just don't. I don't see a way in which it makes sense here. I th- if, if 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 we're solely talking about him as a player, he's obviously phenomenally talented and would be a great quarterback to have on any team. But he's not just a football player now. There is this baggage, and even if it's, there's no way. He's, like, there's no way 26 people are lying, or yeah. however many people it is. Yeah. There's just that's just not possible. But like, I look at this like I look at anything else. Like, you if you're making a move as an owner, and these guys are all smart business people. That's how they got billions of dollars to buy NFL franchises. You buy things when they're at their lowest value. I just don't see Jeffrey Lurie weighing his options and thinking that even if he gets him at a discount, that it makes that it's that it's worth it. I just I just don't. Yeah. Because even if they only have to give up two first round picks next year, and Jalen Hurts isn't your guy, now you've wasted a second round pick from two years ago. You've given away two other first round picks. You're building a roster with less draft capital, and I just don't. And and now. You know how much different is it going to be than the teams he was playing on in Houston when they were sure. good? Yeah, no. I just, to, to me, it's like I, I, I just don't see, like so so. In my mind, in the next year, it's either Jalen Hurts is good or Jalen Hurts is gone. Yeah. And if he's gone, and we have three first round picks, and one of them's in the top five, why would I ch- just take a quarterback then? Yeah, like that to me, that makes way more sense. Or, like, or don't. And and if you, there's a guy who's coming out in two years that you really 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 love, like trade that pick to get a first round pick early from a bad team yeah, that wants I, to, you know there's options you have options when you have these picks right and you just don't be, just otherwise. because you have them doesn't mean you have to trade them all for a quarterback that's on the market exactly like, that's I agree. not that's one doesn't equal the other there like those are assets to do whatever you choose with exactly. you could use all of them and build a, a solid roster. The Washington football team did that. They had multiple first-round picks a few years ago, ended up with a couple players. Maybe actually the one year was like Dwayne Haskins was one of the two. Yeah. But there were other years where they added multiple players, and it worked for them. Now, it didn't always work for the Browns, but they weren't run by you know a person making very good decisions. So it it doesn't always work. But if I'm the Eagles, I want multiple picks, and I want – to be able to use those picks, I don't want to trade those picks. hundred percent, and and I think especially that, for somebody with package. Yeah, and I think next year, especially. I mean, I'm not like look. I like Spencer Radler um, from Oklahoma. Sure. Um, I think that he's probably going to be the first player taken unless he has a I terrible would, season. I would. Yeah, based on how it's I'd situated right do now. Do not yeah. like the kid from UNC. Uh, I don't like their track record with quarterbacks. Nor I, should you. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't. The kid, like, really reminds me of Mitch Trubisky. Just, I know they went there. He went there as well. But, I mean, just on looks, they, you know. And I don't, is Mac Jones still running that team? Or uh, the uh, old Texas coach? Is he still the head coach there? No, isn't he an analyst? He might be. Uh, he yeah, was, he's on he, ESPN now, I think. He was the UNC head coach for a minute. I'm not totally sure. I'm pretty sure he's, an, he's like a college up. game day analyst. Um but here's the thing: if I am, if if I am, you know, if I have to draft a quarterback next year, I'm take, I'm going for Spencer Rattler. I think he has the most upside. I think he's got a fucking gun on him. He can fucking run. He's kind of like that next gen quarterback. Uh, I would say he's like, to me, like a Justin Fields type player, but just on like fucking next level. I think that he is. 
uh, going to be something really special. So I would use at least two of my picks to get up to that number one and take him. Which we may, you know, depending on how the season goes. Yeah. If, if, if Jalen Hurts is really bad, we may not have to trade at But all. if we're not going to select a quarterback next year, there is a boatload of awesome talent on... Mac Brown is who Mac, we were talking about. Ma- Sorry, not Mac, Mac Jones. Jones. Mac Brown. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Mac Brown. Is he there? Uh, still? Yeah, yeah, he's still there. Sorry, okay. I thought he was... I thought he was... I'm thinking of somebody else. Mac Brown. Mac Jones is that tubby kid that went to New England. Yeah, with the weird um, walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> weird walk. He walked like a, like a, you know, somebody's great aunt, like <laughs> going to buy balloons at a party <laughs> store. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that the best thing the Eagles can do next year, especially and especially if like if if Hertz has like a okay season and you see growth, I'm not against like making this like a couple years of work you know like letting him grow naturally uh there's a there is a uh a cornerback from lsu that's going to go in the top five that i really love and i think would be a great this is a very early yes mock draft but (laughs) i'm not even going to say his name i'm not even going to say his name i'm not going to mock draft him i think that the cornerback is good and i think that there are a plethora of defensive linemen that will go in the top ten. Well, yeah, but th- th- this is all going to change drastically between now and. I, next, I, I, you know what? The then, then fine. Season. I'm going to make a prediction. Well, go for it. That I think that this cornerback, Singletary, from the LSU Tigers, go Tigers! I don't really care about college football that much. I but love college football. I think that he's going to be the, the piece that the Eagles would try to get, in the first first round. Okay. Top all right. five. All right. Well, we're going to have to bookmark that yeah, because bookmark I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I remember this one. It's been recorded. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not look, deleting that part. I think that if they're there, if he's there, they're going to take him. But anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, yeah. Like, like, like we said in the last one, the Eagles' best case scenario this year is just finding out. Well, I guess now, now finding out if Nick Sirianni can actually lead a locker room because since apparently sure. he can't according to Michael Robinson. So we'll need to find that out. And we'll also need to find out whether Jalen Hurts is, is the real deal or not, or a, a deal. Like he doesn't have to be the best player in the NFL. Yeah. He just needs to be either good or bad. And oh, then, there's a lot, there's a lot of finding out yeah. for this Eagles team. Sure. If Rager can play, if Smith is too small, if you know, if the offensive line actually will be able to hold up or are these guys just getting too old, uh, speaking of offensive line, mm-hmm. I just found out, and, and this was pretty popular on Bleacher Report, but that we've been saying Jason Kelsey's name wrong forever. Apparently, what? Travis Kelsey went on uh, a Bleacher Report AMA session, and they were having a conversation, and he was like, yeah, people have been saying me and my brother's name wrong. It's Kels. It's not what? Kelsey. He's nah. like, Nope, too late now. Yeah, well, I that's it's too literally late. literally Patrick Mahomes sent a tweet out that was like, "Huh?" <laughs> it's too late. So he apparently was just like, "Yeah, we just let people say whatever they want." But apparently, it's Jason Kels. It's not Jason Kelsey. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's been in the league for what, 14 years? I, that's exactly like, no, what I you thought. You can't like, do that at the end of your career. If somebody it, says my name wrong, I gotta correct them right away. If somebody yeah, if somebody says my name wrong at like the grocery store. I correct them. I don't like know how you can allow your name to be said wrong that's biz- for That's insane. It's no, you an can't insane You cannot do that. Do. There's two of you in the league, your brothers, and you've both been in the league for like at least 10 years it feels like. Yeah. How are you not 
How are you not correcting anybody at this so point? To, so I think he's fucking with you know, us. No, he was dead serious. I'm still thinking he's fucking well, with us. Well, our, to our new center, Jason Kels, uh, yeah. welcome to the team. And, and uh, real quick, good on him for uh, uh, going out to Sea Isle and uh, bartending at the OD. And uh, apparently, I think it was to raise money for autism awareness. Oh, that's awesome. I'll have to check on the exact charity. But he went and, uh, and bartended there. To raise money for charity and apparently matched whatever they raised. Uh, uh, so yeah. good on him. Yeah. The yeah. Eagles players have never been shy to be good guys off nope. the field for the most part. So nope. And he he was kind enough to pose with my cousin and her husband uh, for a picture too. So nice. Yeah. Real real classy move, Jason. Uh, Kels, you. even though I'm not buying your last name, Kels. Well, yeah. Welcome to the city. <laughs> yeah. All right. So um, let's move on to um, the Sixers. Ugh. So the first thing I want to talk about is. What came out, I guess, at the end of last week, I was enjoying enjoying my time on a beach, and then here's this fucking story about Danny Green talking shit on the fans for booing Ben Simmons during his free throws. I, I first of all, it's complete bullshit. Yes, they we did towards the end, but there people were immediately on Twitter, and this is why I love Twitter sometimes, even though it's usually a hellscape. Um, <laughs> People immediately went on Twitter with videos of people standing up and, like, there was one guy they got on camera, like, sh- like encouraging Ben Simmons yep. to get more arc on the ball. Like, people were cheering and being so supportive. Like he was literally saying, you can do this. Yeah, people were saying, you can do Like, it's unbelievable that he couldn't see that. He, was on, he wasn't playing. I don't know what he was watching. So, what the fuck, bro? What the fuck? Uh, to everybody, if anybody's listening... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Green just wrote a book on how to get hated by Philadelphia sports fans. Yeah, why? Like, what? We're not going to change, dude. It's what are you thinking? The entitlement that he thinks that after one year, now if Allen Iverson came out and said that, people would listen. Yeah, because you know he's put his time in here. He was a, a son of the city, arguably the best player to ever put on the uniform. Uh, we love Allen Iverson. Jimmy Rollins also said this, but this was after Jimmy Rollins had yeah. been on the team for a while. Yeah, exactly. And Jimmy Rollins won a championship. Here. And Jimmy Rollins also got shit on for saying this yes, a little he did. bit, and like, but like not hard. Like people were like, no, nah, people, people hated were annoyed. Him. Hated him. People, people were annoyed mad. about it, but like you know, uh, you know, it was easy to. It's easy to forget that, and and you know, just be like, if I saw J. Roll, the first thing I would think of is like. Oh, hero. Like, yeah, one, not, of, one of the heroes. Not saying like, shit. Yeah. Danny us. Green, you've been here for one year. You were hurt in the most important series of the season. And you you were kind of like sus for most of the season. Yeah. You would have, you know, good games, bad games where you score no points. I mean, your shot looks like shit. So how about this? We'll pay you next year if your shot doesn't fucking suck. <laughs> and if it doesn't suck... Great, we'll cheer you. If your shot does suck, your ass is going to get booed every single fucking game until you either quit or retire. They have, it's up to you. They have a team option on him, don't they, this I, year? I, I, I'm not sure what I they have. I think they may have an option on him, and I think he could be a free agent. Do you want him back here? I mean, if... After this? If you, if you would have asked me this question before he put that out, it would have been, yeah, I want Same. him back. Because I think that he's a good leader, and I think that he, you know was pretty valuable at the end of the season and in the playoffs. Yeah, he was. He was. And I really think that that Atlanta Hawks series goes differently if he's on the floor. Agreed. I think that we have a little more firepower, and he's a defensive 3 and D guy, so we would have been able to defend the perimeter a little more. I think 
my I think now it's it's kind of a toss up. Like he, he needs to walk back the comment a little bit. He needs to like at least at least acknowledge that people are upset with him for saying it and acknowledge that he wasn't totally right. Like he said what he said, but then also like now people have proven that the Sixers fans were being encouraged encouraging. But like let's also be real. Ben was shooting what? Twenty percent from fucking free throw line? The, yeah, so he he's he does have to realize that one, you can't come into Philly and change the way we're going to act. It's not possible. We're going to be how we're going to be, and you either are going to deal with it or you're going to hate it and get out. Like, those are the only options. Joel Embiid has embraced it better than maybe any athlete that's ever come in here. I've never seen – when he's doing well and he's pumping up the crowd, like, does anybody enjoy playing in Philadelphia as much as him Yeah, on the court and sometimes? when he doesn't do well, he owns it. Yeah, he and does. And he sits there and said, I expect people – and you know what? To be fair, Ben Simmons – as bad as he was for that last series, he almost always, when he plays bad, owns it. And he also says in his in his interviews, this is what Philly's about. They're going to fucking boo you if you play bad. Right. Like, I know that and, like, I understand it. So, like, for, for, for Danny Green to come try to play Superman to Ben's Lois Lane, like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Like, yeah, you're, I, you're not... It's you're, not necessary. Your three championships don't mean anything to us because they weren't for us. Right. And, so, like, it, it could matter. It, it could have mattered if he was healthy. And, obviously, that's, you know, you can't blame a guy for getting injured. Yeah, it must be really fucking hard to win three championships when you're playing with Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, LeBron James, and fucking Kawhi Leonard. Sorry, pal. You played with arguably three of the best players all time and or in like the top 50 players all time and you play you played with them in some of their best seasons yeah so like i don't like you don't have the cachet here to say whatever you want and then for everybody to be like oh but it's danny green he's such a nice guy no suck a dick yeah like, nobody cares sure and like like you know i'm sure i would want my teammates to be sticking up for me but like he, if I was on that team, I'd be like, dude, you got on. You, how did you not see that this was going to have backlash? And also, like, I got to be honest. There, You can't. Sixers fans have been about as patient as any fan base has been with their franchise in, since I've ever seen. It's, oh, yeah. If you consider that it's Philly and we're out of our fucking minds and we sat through a process for years. When did the wait, process start? 2011? 14, when, maybe. When did we trade for Nerlens Noel? 14 was it 14 something like that I so we're seven say. eight years something in like that yeah that's so you that's know, a guess i forget almost all of my 20s or, or the the better part of my 20s and 30s have been the process right, right. And, so so that's a big chunk of time yeah so we sat through that and we sat through losing seasons we haven't been to a championship since 2001 that's 20 years ago even though we in all we really paid our dues in order to get some, some good players, and we're patient. We didn't boo the team during any of this. Then we went to four straight playoffs. I think four straight, maybe more. I'll have to check. We went to the playoffs a bunch and didn't get out of the second round. And in the second round this year, we had a player shoot the lowest free throw percentage in the history of the NBA in the playoffs. And in the first few games, they were supportive. But by the end of that... He was shooting the worst fucking free throw percentage in the history of the playoffs. We can only be so patient. How yeah. can you get mad at us for booing a guy 
That's historically bad. And also our team. After all we've we've sat through. Yeah. And like, also our team this year, arguably way more talented than that 2001 team that that went to the championship. And they went to the championship because they had Allen Iverson and they had Hart. That was literally all they had. Yeah. And like, do you, like I, I implore most of you to even name most of the players on that team. Like, I, Dikembe Mutombo was on that team. Eric Snow. Uh, Eric Snow was on that team. Aaron McKee was on that team. Yep. Um, I think uh, was uh, George... Uh, what was his name? George... George. Oh, fuck. I don't even remember now. It's been so long. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's, it's and I'm still so angry about yeah, this. Yeah, but, like, it's... The reality is, is that this team is super talented. And I'm not sitting here saying that Ben Simmons... I, I don't know what I want to do with Ben Simmons right now. I'm, like, very conflicted. Um, I... I don't think that this playoffs was all Ben Simmons' fault. I think that there was a lot of players who didn't show up. Um, I'm disappointed in the drive, and I'm disappointed in the heart more than the shot. I just thought that they gave up. And I did too, and I thought sucks. they got outcoached, and I thought Doc made just as many bad decisions as Agreed. everybody. Like everybody was accountable. You don't lose. You don't lose a, a game seven at home after blowing two over twenty point leads in the same series. That's that's a team effort, especially really when you're is. the Sixers and you win ninety yeah. percent of your games on your floor. Right, like that's 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 impressively frustrating. So I don't know what anybody would expect. Like if you are if you blew two back to back twenty point leads, and you think we're just going to come out and cheer every single player because they're trying hard, like. I'm sorry. No, that's not how it fucking works. It's just not. Yeah. We're, we're, you're allowed. He's allowed to say that just as much as we're allowed to be frustrated and boo. It's what we. It's what we do when we get frustrated, and we've been pretty fucking patient. And it's not like we were doing this in the regular season. If they lost the regular season game, people were like, ah, can't win them all. Like it's it. It wasn't a regular thing. It happened at our most frustrated point when he was playing his worst. Yeah. That's the perfect recipe for Philly misery. That's literally the that's that's you couldn't draw it up any better. I just I don't I, I just don't get why he Yeah, he's sticking up for his teammate. I just don't I don't understand why you would come out and say something this stupid. Yeah, it's he 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 was mis- and and to be fair, it wasn't rooted in total fact either the what he said. So, yeah. like that's the part where I need him to like walk it back and apologize. Um I I'm fine with you having your opinion. And to be fair, if you want to get mad at anybody, get mad at the media. They're the ones who are trashing Ben. I mean, you know, fans are just, you know, calling it like they see it. Like, we saw what happened. We supported him. And I think there will be a lot of fans who are disappointed if he comes back. But there's going to be a decent amount of fans who are like, this is it. We're going to do it with Ben this year. Like, so I'm just, I'm disappointed at Danny Green. He doesn't know us well enough to talk that shit yeah it's it's just dumb don't if you're a new athlete to philadelphia don't talk shit on the fans just it's not smart it's we can be the most passionate and amazing fans we we are frankly but like we can turn on people when they start acting like they don't want to be here and when they say dumb shit like this if you if you earn the right to say it you can say it and we'll look at it and be like okay you're right yeah maybe we are being a little hard on that one person when Jimmy Rollins did it, we all kind of looked inward, and some people got mad, and rightfully so. But other people were like, okay, I see his point. That doesn't mean they stopped. Exactly. But, but people at least understand. But not everybody, like, not everybody, <laughs> different groups of people go to these games. So, like, sometimes a one people will, group of people will understand and be compassionate, and the other people will, will be drunk 
and they won't. So it, it just happened. Like I, I, it's just dumb. Like it's it, it's. The, I mean, the fans aren't your enemy, dude. That they're not. We're not his enemy. Yeah, and we would have we would have loved to have you back, but now you can fucking go play like, I don't know, for the Shanghai Sharks or wherever. You're gonna be. <laughs> like you you cannot imagine what you would have felt if you were on a on a bus going down a parade down Broad Street. You would not be saying the same shit about us, even if we did boo in that game. It would not have been the same. Totally, I agree. We did get to a no a new um, a new CEO for the Sixers. Yes. Um, who like. Daryl Morey comes from the, the Rockets. Houston Rockets, and he apparently, both of them, I saw an article uh, yesterday that said that both of them were kind of told when the new group bought the Rockets that they were both going to be, like, they had five years left on their contracts, and they were both told, like, you're not going to be here for all of that. We'll pay you the whole thing, but, um, you know, you'll be, you'll be relieved at some point, and we're going to bring in our own people, and I think that's great for the Sixers because... I think the Rockets were a very well-run organization when they were both there. Sure. I think their only mistake was putting all the money in the bank on a player who likes to go to strip clubs and get fat. But, you know, albeit him being one of the best players in the league, you know, yeah, he, I, you know some guys just aren't meant to be leaders. Yeah, and I, I, think it's, I think these are all steps in the right direction for the franchise because I think they're, they're both good. Uh, his name's Tad Brown, the new CEO. He's yes. replacing Scott O'Neill. Who who was um, the Sixers CEO? I believe ever since uh, the Harris Group bought the team from um, Ed Snyder in whatever year that mm-hmm. was, and he was their their the CEO was responsible for both the Sixers and the Devils, which always kind of has bothered me. But whatever, yeah. I, can't, I can't change it. There was like talks years ago. I don't know if they were real or not, but about the Sixers moving to Voorhees. Yeah, and uh, that's if that ever happens, we're going to burn. Burn some houses down. But uh, uh, fun fact, uh, Tad Brown's daughter is married to none none other than Jared Stidham from the New England Patriots. Oh, really? Yes. uh, Weird. Yeah, she's a a beautiful lady, uh, but her husband's going to be a backup for the rest of his life. Yeah, well, he still probably makes a lot of money. That's true. Good for for them. Well, I think I I was never a big Scott O'Neill fan, um, so I think getting in another person who has a relationship with Daryl Morey who's been in charge of a NBA franchise for yeah. a while. I think it's great. And I think this is a smart move for the Sixers. And I hope that this is just another step in the right direction for them. I, th- I thought that like Ed Snyder bought them just because he had to sure. like when he did. And then it was kind of like, well, you know, I can, so I might as well. And that the flyers were always his baby and what he cared more about. And I think that when he sold it, it was kind of like, because he was just like, yeah, I can't, this is not my thing. And I, I've never really been a big fan of the new group, so I think this is a great move to kind of hopefully steer us into a, a better direction for the fans. We'll see. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I think it's, I think it's great for them. Uh, it, that, you know, I didn't know about the, the, so the Fertitta brothers own the Rockets. Um, they are the ones who famously sold the UFC. Um, oh. Back when it sold for like four billion dollars, so they're very, very rich men. Um, I would imagine and so. So I, I find it funny that they are um, that that is actually what happened with uh, the contracts and everything, because they were the ones who came out and pretty much wouldn't trade us uh, James Harden because of the relationship, because Daryl Morey apparently left and left them in a lurch, which clearly isn't the case. 
Um, so I think that that's very interesting. Yeah, it's all it's all interesting. I'm just glad that we have basketball, like smart basketball people here, and not like life totally. time. I love Daryl Morey. I think he's yeah. such like it's nice to have um, a, a person that high up who is like likable. Yes, um, you know, he's after very dealing with uh, like, and this is no offense to Ed Snyder, but like a guy like Ed Snyder and a guy who was a legend in Philly, so I'm not going to take that away, but like not a very likable guy. Who, Ed um, Snyder? Yeah, yeah, not for me at least. I, okay. I just never really liked him. Um, uh, Howie Roseman, don't really like him. Not a very likable guy now. Um, fucking Harris, uh, the, the one of the owners, is like Mr. Burns, basically. <laughs> that guy is a sniveling weirdo. Uh, Michael Rubin's pretty cool. Seems like he parties with like Jay Z and all those guys. Yeah, he's the only likable one of the bunch. Yeah. Cause wasn't Scott O'Neill the one who like needed to get to a devil's practice or get to a facility and landed his helicopter in the middle of like a high school soccer field? I believe so. And they had to cancel their game yeah. because he wanted he needed to like Asshole. emergency land his yeah. helicopter there. Like, yeah. Believe me, we're not gonna fucking miss this guy. Yeah, and then uh, the whole Phillies brass has been just in shambles for years. So it's like it's yeah, nice to have. Of all of it's nice to have a guy who I feel like knows the game, has that same like the one thing we appreciate about Howie Roseman is that he's able to like make trades and make smart moves mm-hmm. um, normally. But like now, Daryl Morey is that plus he's uh, you know an exciting person to listen to, and he's also like. Not an asshole. Yeah. So and smart, people like him. Smart basketball guys and not um, people who were put into their positions because their dad's a longtime NBA executive um, and their collars are too big. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good to have real basketball people and not, it's very nice. not fake basketball people. Um, yeah. So, so that's exciting. Um, so, yeah. So, oh, the only other thing um, I think we want to talk about with the Sixers is um, – just a, a brief um, thanks for the memes to uh, Mark Zumoff uh, as he retired. He retired yes. literally as we f- finished recording the last episode, so we didn't have a chance to really talk about it yeah. then. But it's it's a bummer. He's not like – he's never been a guy I think that people have ever talked about in the Harry Callis uh, um, um, Merrill Reese level, but he really should be. I mean he was – He's been the Sixers announcer for, I think, our whole lives. Yeah. Or at least uh, as far I, as I can remember. At least 30 years, I think. Um, it's been a really long time. And, and you know. And he was great. He's fantastic. He was so you good. Know, my wife isn't from here. Um, and she has fallen in love with the Sixers. And Mark Zumoff is the voice of the Sixers. Now, a la, I'm, I'm not even going to say the Apple last name. Yeah, whatever. Yes, that. I would love to be able to say that, but for some reason my mouth just can't do it. Um, uh, you know, they were a great team, and he's had other teammates throughout the year. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, you know, the Sixers broadcast is going to be losing a ton. Yeah, you know, they are. His inflection, his knowledge of the game, his love for the team, uh, you know, I think really shined through. For, for many years and, and really makes watching the game at home or at your local bar or, and with your friends, it makes it more exciting. Um, and so he will definitely be missed. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's any better testament to that than, um, you know, getting all of those nationally televised playoff games. I, you know, if you, if you watch those games and listen to the, the national broadcasts on ESPN or, or TNT, I don't remember which ones we were watching. Um, because I'm just so angry about it all still that it's like I blocked out so many little details. Um, 
But listening to those guys do a broadcast really made you appreciate how good Mark Zumoff was. And uh, he is leaving some pretty big shoes to fill. Um, it's yeah. it's not easy to come in and like take over as a broadcaster here in Philly because we don't really change them too often. So no, we don't. Yeah, and I will <laughs> say not this: not a lot of new blood in this in this town as far as the announcers you know, go. It was really nice. It's I think it's a really it's really stupid that that you know playoff games only the first round gets to be that uh, those hometown broadcasters uh, yeah. because then once you hit the second round you get the national broadcasters um, and you know Marv Albert also retired at the end of this uh, playoffs and oh, wow, yeah and um, and to be honest I you know I enjoyed the thing about Mark. Zoom, as some people call him, uh, you know, the thing that I enjoyed the most was that he always called the game like you saw it. He never yes. was a homer. He, you know, he clearly was a, an announcer for the Sixers, but he also was very poignant to say when he didn't think they were playing well yeah. and that, you know, and when the other team was just cooking them. Um, yeah. And, you know, the problem that I have with national media is that People generally just don't like Philadelphia. They don't. That's how it feels. Yeah, it and it really does. I mean, I think that you know one of the hard things about the the playoffs this year and playoffs in, in different even different sports. Think about like play uh, like Joe Buck and and all of these guys. Like that we're in these games and we could be up by fifty points and all anybody will talk about is the other team during you know these you know. Yeah, so, some are better than others, but yeah, I agree with you. I, it, the local guys, we we cherish them. Yeah, like we 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 absolutely do. We don't replace them very often, so they're like it's like our uncle talking to us. It's like exactly it's like our uncle telling us a little story about the basketball game that we're watching. Yeah. And Mark Zumoff was great. Like best of luck to him in retirement. He also retired like very out of nowhere. <laughs> it felt like I, you know what, man. He probably was like just feeling the same thing as well, us. Just like, I was listening this. to the radio on the way home uh, or, or the way here before the podcast, and they said it. And it was like, they just went on air and they were like, uh, guys, Mark yeah. Zumoff just retired. Yeah. And so, it, it, you know, it caught, people everyone off guard. Caught, caught people off guard. And I think, I think that it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough fill. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's going to be a challenge. All right. So, um, I didn't put any notes for the Flyers, but I do just want to say, um, hey, Flyers, there's a lot of tasty names floating around there. Don't fuck, <laughs> don't fuck this up. Do fucking something, do something, but don't fuck it up. All right, that's all I'm gonna say. We'll touch more on that next week when we uh, hopefully hear some more stuff. And um, yeah, so hopefully we'll be back next week and have some more stuff for for you. Probably do a little bit more in depth um, train camp preview for the Eagles because we are getting closer to that. So um, that's gonna be coming up and some some hopefully uh, positive. Phillies talk after a nice little run after the All-Star break. Yeah, and, and who knows uh, what's going to happen with the Sixers. Uh, Shams just put out that whole thing about Ben, so we might have a trade to talk about by next week. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, we may. Yeah. Hopefully it's for De'Aaron Fox. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, check us out on social media. We'll be posting um, the podcast to our personal accounts. Um, let us know what you thought, and... Um, some stuff you may want us to bring up in future episodes. All right, everyone. Peace. Bye.